Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications Connect to more. It's time for Montana's only daily sports talk show. Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! Sporting events at once. Never thought I'd be so happy to be so hot either. We're on the road again and happy to be here. We're live from Stewart Stadium, the home of the Weber State Wildcat football team and also the home of the Big Sky Conference Outdoor Track and Field Championships. We're about halfway through the first day. It's been an incredibly fun day so far. We're going to give you all what you need to know to get you up to date on all of the results from here at the Big Sky Outdoor Track Championships as well as from the Big Sky Softball Championships, too. And we're also going to talk a whole bunch of national sports. We're going to talk some NFL. We're going to talk some NBA. We're going to talk everything in between. This is really fun, the way we've been doing this these last couple weeks and months. I can't tell you how appreciative I am for all the guys in the engineering department of Missoula Broadcasting Company, Tommy Evans, as well as Reese Wilson. Those guys are killing it. We did our show literally on the road yesterday. We shared a bunch of interviews from around the big sky in track and field as I made my way down to Ogden. Had breaks in Dillon and DuBose and Idaho Falls and eventually wrapped the thing just short of Pocatello. Pretty amazing to be able to do a live radio show while driving on a highway, uh, but pretty darn fun. So shout out to those guys. If you know, you know. It's 1029 ESPN Missoula. Maybe you're watching in statewide television, SWX Montana TV. If you want to watch us anywhere in the world, it's pretty easy. You want to use your mobile device. If you want to listen, go to 1029ESPN.com and click on the Listen Live tab, and you'll find the stream. If you want to watch us, go to our YouTube channel. N-U-A-N-E-Z on YouTube will get you there. Just find Nuanez now. Please subscribe. You can use that to either watch or stream uh, your uh, on all your various mobile devices or your computer or whatever else you might want to listen or watch on. If you want to give us a call, shoot us a text. That's a great way to get a hold of us as well. It's 406-361-3688. That's 361-3688. All guests join us via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. Regime Seabrook, my main man, he's back in the studio. We do this every Friday together. Usually I'm there. So obviously the aesthetic appeal of uh, the SWX broadcast is significantly increased with uh, Regime back there killing it like he always does and, and me here. Thank so you, you can't, sir. You can only hear me. You can't see me. That's probably 
probably the best user experience you could possibly have here on Nuanez. Now, we got all sorts of stuff to get to. I'm going to give you all the results from around Big Sky Conference track and field today as well as yesterday leading into today. University of Montana softball team may also remain alive here uh, with a victory yesterday in the opening round. They beat Sacramento State 6-3. to and then they also had, uh, they lost yesterday evening to Southern Utah 3-1. to And they bounced back today with a 7-6 win over Northern Colorado to eliminate the Bears and stay alive. So Grizz softball, uh, they will get back in action at 5 o'clock. So that will be their fourth game uh, since the tournament got underway yesterday. Fourth game since noon yesterday. So they're definitely tired because it is hot, hot, hot here in Ogden, Utah. In the low to mid-80s, depending on where you're standing. Uh, if you're over in the throwers area where I was at for the majority of the morning into the early afternoon, uh, it's pretty hot over there as well. But yeah, either way, we got some great interviews for you in the show today. We're also going to talk a variety of different things, whether it's NFL schedule off the top. We're also going to talk about the latest big, uh, Montana Gatorade Player of the Year. Dylan Rollins from Azula Sentinel. And we're also going to talk the Grizz' new defensive tackle. Deary Todd from Michigan State, a transfer to the Grizz football team. And then we'll keep rolling on track and field and also talk uh, some Reggie Bush, USC, comparing and contrasting Reggie Bush and uh, his USC teams versus the Miami Hurricanes of old as well. So before we get into any of this track stuff, I do have an interview with Tanessa Morris, the recently anointed uh, hammer throw champion from the University of Montana. So, Tommy, you can get that interview queued up here, that bit anytime. But in the meantime, it's uh, I'm not drinking my Florence coffee live on the on the television, but I did have a Florence coffee before I left town, and it is a Friday, so that means it's time for our Florence Coffee Company Friday. No matter where you're at in the city of Missoula or around the state of Montana, there's a Florence Coffee Company kiosk near you. Swing by. It's Friday. You can stay up late. Get yourself a coffee for the drive home. We're going to say hi to Regime real quick before we get into a couple different bulletin board things about the track and field championships. Regime, what's up, my man? How you living, my dude? You know me. I'm not going to brag and I'm not going to complain. I uh, I feel I'm at a little bit of a loss today, man. I, I, I'm standing on the other side of the table, and I'm not seeing my man. And it, it, it feels kind of weird. It's like I'm, I've been used to this Batman-Superman thing, and now I'm just I'm riding solo. But I have you in my ear, and I got you in my heart, so we're in a good space. Let's roll. So in the Batman Superman scenario, who's who? Who's Batman? Who's a Superman? Oh, I'm Batman, brother. Like there's there's just no two ways about it. No two ways about it. Because you're a vigilante of the law, or what? No, I just I'm 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 a I'm a bright light in a world of darkness. You know what I'm saying? So, and and, and Batman's a dark light in a world of darkness. But I'll I'll take the inverse. I love it. You gotta love it. Well, before we get into it, we're going to talk a bunch of NFL scheduling stuff in terms of some of the games we're looking forward to, some of the debuts of quarterbacks around the league, some of the rookie quarterbacks, uh, Tom Brady's return to New England, and all sorts of stuff like that. Before that, i got to give you a quick update on what's been going down here in Ogden, Utah. Two parts. We're going to give you a track real quick first. Here from Tanessa Morris, the recently anointed track and field uh, hammer throw champion here at the Big Sky Conference Championships. And then we'll also give you a brief interview with Melanie Michael from the uh, Chris softball team as well. But first and foremost, here's what's been going down in Ogden. Tanessa Morris came into this thing as the number one seed. She joined us on this show earlier this week. She, again, is the number one seed. She is the Big Sky Conference champion, junior thrower from the Grizz track team. She takes number one with a throw of 199 feet even. She blew the competition out of the water, and she's a Big Sky champion for the first time. A couple other uh, pertinent results from around the Big Sky Conference. Brent Yankee, who joined us yesterday on the uh, on Nuanez now, he um, took sixth place in the shot put. He has another shot to score some points for Montana in the discus tomorrow. Duncan Hamilton, who joined us yesterday, outstanding distance runner from Montana State, he won the 3K steeplechase in resounding fashion. My goodness. He sets a stadium record and wins this race by more than 10 seconds. So he is the 3,000-meter steeplechase champion for the second time in his career. He's only a sophomore. So pretty impressive from Duncan Hamilton. Uh, A couple other results for you. Um, that are pertinent in terms of Montana 
athletes. Montana State's Duncan Hamilton also took fifth in the 1500 meters to move on into the uh, 1500 meter final tomorrow. So that was a, quite a performance by him. Less than 20 minutes apart got those two results. So big time for him. Lucy Corbett from Montana State. She's also a Bozeman native. She took first in the women's high jump. Uh, but then also University of Montana getting a few points in the women's high jump as well as Abby Dodge takes third place to score six points for the UM women's track team. Uh, in the men's 110 meters, Derek Olson from Montana State and Henry Adams from Montana State are both into the final for tomorrow. And in the 100-meter hurdles for the women's side of things, uh, a variety of athletes into the uh, final um, from Montana, Montana State as well, uh, led by Elena Carter. She had the second fastest heat time from Montana State. Morgan Evans, fourth fastest. Both those young ladies from Montana State. And then Elisa Gilbert from Montana also into the final. Quickly, we will go now and hear from Tanessa Morris after her big victory in the Big Sky Conference, winning the hammer throw and claiming gold. Congratulations. Thank you. So, I mean, take me take me through it. What did you think? What were you thinking coming into this, and how did it go? Kind of compared to how you expected. Well, the big thing was keeping the composure. I tried to think of this as a regular track meet instead of having it's just a regular track meet with a big word on the end. Right. It means nothing. The word championship really until until it's over. (laughs) Was it interesting being around a bunch of throwers you hadn't thrown against before? It was. It's a it's a new dynamic when you see new people and the field is so much bigger than you're used to. Like waiting for 15 girls, that adds a whole new element to the event. Is it weird being out here too? Because I mean, this is sort of not attached to the track, right? So this is like kind of two track meets going on at once. So was that interesting? It is for sure. Like we were trying to strategize this morning how everyone's going to come right. watch everything. Right, totally. Well, did you? I mean, was it just status quo? Just exactly what you uh, your, your normal operation, or did you change anything? coming into this meet or was it just basically what you've been doing all season? I think the big thing this time was just fine-tuning some things, throwing the ball in a little harder on the first one, getting back a little harder against it and hitting a release. And <laughs> didn't want to change too much the week before. And <laughs> uh, you you got to love it. Well, Big Sky Conference champion, how's that sound? I'm really excited. <laughs> Ten points for the team. I like that. <laughs> that was my very next question because you guys are off to this great start now because you talk yeah. about four in the top seven in the heptathlon and now first event of the full Friday slate. So, um, I mean, was that in the back of your mind, scoring points for your team as well? Yeah, it was for sure. After seeing the heptathletes do so well, that really motivated everyone to do better. <laughs> Last question, then, what's the plan for you now? Because, I mean, you're done. So now you're kind of like the biggest Montana fan in the stands, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm going to try and be the loudest one in the stands cheering everyone on, and I've got nothing but time to watch now. Vanessa Morris recently crowned Big Sky Conference Hammer Throw Champion. You're listening to Nuanas Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula, statewide television, SWX Montana TV. Regime Steebrook is in Missoula, so you're watching him on the TV. And uh, he's making everything look pretty. And I'm oh, here in Ogden, boy. Utah, bouncing around. We got uh, football. I got track going on in the football stadium. We got field events about two miles away. And we also got softball results uh, as well. So, um, by the way, Grizz softball, they did win to stay alive, 7-6 to six over Northern Colorado. So the Grizz play again at 5 p.m. And uh, we'll circle back around maybe here for Melanie Michael. Uh, the Grizz softball coach caught up with her for just a couple minutes before she got on the bus. Uh, maybe we'll hear from her, from her shortly. But in the meantime, let's bring Regime into this thing. Let's talk all things NFL schedule, Regime. So before we get into some of the details of all of this, Bradley, where are you at with this? Because a lot of times this is made into a pretty big deal. I'm never really... Uh, I mean, I think it's, it is what it is. You're going to play your schedule. Some games, they are what they are. Uh, but I, I do understand sort of the excitement behind, like, when Tom Brady goes back to New England or the first time maybe we get to see a rookie quarterback or whatever. But where are you at just in terms of excitement level when it comes to the release of the NFL schedule? Well, this year in particular, I'm really excited because the full <laughs> accompaniment of players will be back. We we didn't have a full NFL last year, so this year's schedule and, and, and opportunity to play and, and watch and view as a fan is going to be huge. I'm very excited. I want to I wanna sound like I did in high school. I'm stoked. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm excited. There's a lot of uh, there are a lot of 
head-to-head individual matchups, wide receiver versus DBs that that are on the horizon. There's great coming back homes for guys like Tom Brady. And then there's also, like, really good games about uh, with the Saints. Like, what are they going to do without Drew Brees? So it's a very interesting year, minus faces and now plus faces uh, all in the same breath. So I'm really excited. Let's get started with probably where you're the most comfortable and the most interested. Regime is a big-time New York Giants fan and aficionado when it comes to the NFC East. Go Big Blue. Let's start with the Giants. Just looking at their schedule, pretty crazy because they open up with the Broncos, which are the Broncos going to be quarterbacked by Aaron Rodgers? Are they going to be quarterbacked by Drew Locke? Who knows? I think the Broncos have some great pieces uh, on the back end defensively and just defensively in general. I do think their one missing piece is probably the quarterback position. So if they can swing something for Aaron Rodgers, we'll see. But then the Giants play six consecutive. That's right, six consecutive conference opponents, uh, including three in their division, which then leads up to a Week 8 clash against the uh, Chiefs on Monday Night Football. So, Regime, this seems like a pretty... um, a pretty trying first half of the season for your New York football Giants. It is a pretty trying hard. And despite their record last year, when you come in second in your conference, you're going to get a, you know an, an increased strength of schedule. So with that being said, the Giants are going to be road tested early and often. And I think it's good, especially with the pieces uh, that they picked up in the draft and they made a splash in free agency. So it would be a good test of their metal to see where they are and to see where they're not. Looking forward to the tilt against the Chiefs. My son and I will be glued to the television because unlike I must have did something wrong genetically, Coulter. My son is a Chiefs fan, and he's broken decades longs of Seabrook bleeding big blue. But now we have a good inner family rivalry, so that's a great game to watch. And then just some of the other pieces. Philadelphia's gotten better. Washington's gotten better. Dallas is kind of an enigma unto itself. So uh, when you look at those teams and those clashes in the NFC least, so to say, it's going to be a very interesting year. What has you most excited about the New York Giants coming into this year? First of all, are you a Danny Dimes guy? Because there's been these guys out here that have uh, brought a new analytics to the table, and it's the prevalence of fumbling. And basically this new analytics shows that two of the worst fumblers in the history of the NFL are Carson Wentz and Daniel Jones. So what is your thoughts on, in general on Daniel Jones, and are you excited about this um, Giants team? Well, the thing about Daniel Jones is he's kind of bipolar. When he is good, he is really good. But when he is bad, he is god-awful. My whole thing about Danny Dimes and quarterbacks coming out of Duke, the only thing you draft out of Duke in the first round, point guards. You know what I'm saying? So there's just a a certain toughness. There's a certain amount of competition that I feel that Danny Dimes did not have in college that would have prepared him uh, uh, to play for a team like the Giants or in the NFL overall. Going back to what he does show when he is good, there's there's some athletic talents, there's some athletic abilities, and then Gettleman and 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 the Mara and the Tish family have put new pieces around him. We got Kenny Galladay, we got John Ruiz, Saquon Barkley's back. Um, you know, we have a really really nice double tight end set, and then some of the pieces we picked up on defense. So the Giants right now are on paper a much better team, but are they are they going in theory? But are they going to be able to apply it? So we'll see. I'm excited. This is a make or break year. Personally, for me, for Daniel Jones, especially with the amount of money that the team has put into the pieces to put around him to try to be more successful than he has been in the last two seasons. The rest of the NFC East, which is certainly the division that has perhaps the greatest uh, interdivision rivalries and some of the, the fiercest fan bases backing the teams, but has also been largely uh, a pretty lackluster division. I mean, basically, the, the winner of the NFC East. Has, the last couple of years has gotten a playoff bid, and then the teams that don't win it have gotten top 10 picks because that's how far out of the rest of the realm of good teams this has been. I mean, this has been a 7-9, and 8-8 eight type division where, uh, where the winner comes from. Let's talk about the Philadelphia Eagles quickly before we move on to the Washington football team because the Eagles won the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. I think that there was a lot of people that were real high on Carson Wentz, and now there's a lot of people that are real low on Carson Wentz. So where are you at with Wentz? Where are you at with the Eagles? Wentz, he's, he's hard to gauge. Stay healthy, and then we can talk a little bit more. The Eagles are kind of in a situation where they're, they are like the Giants. They're going to play tough competition straight out of the gate. You're going up against the 49ers, the Cowboys, and the Chiefs. So they, they are walking into jabs and left hooks uh, right off the bat. So we'll see what they can do. My whole thing about the Eagles is how are they going to gel together as a team? They seem to be, if you watch their nonverbals and you read their press, they don't seem to be a team. They're a team in name, 
but they're not a team in function. And right now, with with Wentz being where he's at and where some of the other players not being where they need to be, like Kelsey, um, not being fully really fully bought back into the team after last year's display, it's going to be a very interesting year for the Philadelphia Eagles. So for me, they can lose out because that's two wins for my Giants. So either which way, it's a win-win for me if they continue to be dysfunctional. Don't look now, but the most dysfunctional team in the foot, in the National Football League was the Washington football team for a long time. I, I don't think they have buried that hatchet completely because they still are owned by Dan Snyder and there's still controversy surrounding the team the Jets. for a variety of reasons, as it seems like there always is. But... They've since hiring Ron Rivera, they've done a pretty good job of building up some stuff. Of, of they have a really good defense. I think if they could get any sort of adequate quarter quarterback play, uh, they could be pretty good. They were in the playoffs a year ago. So, what's your take on the former Washington Redskins now Washington Football Team? Uh, I think they're going to hang their hat on defense and the hard nosed approach that Ron Rivera has. When you look at Ron Rivera, what he did with Carolina in his first couple of years, this is almost a parallel, a mirror image of that. And an internal is reflection, or reflection is eternal. Sorry, folks. Uh, with that being said, if they continue to build off of what they had last year, they will win the NFC East, regardless of whatever what anyone else does around them. That defense is loaded for bear. And if they can kind of get some iron out some of the wrinkles and, and the loss of Alex Smith and what that brings uh, to the rest of the club, I feel that Washington right now, to me, is the front runner to win the NFC East for next year. And then the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas plays their first two games of the season on the road against the Bucks and the Chargers. So the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers We'll open with the Dallas Cowboys. That will absolutely be a national game. And then the Chargers versus the Cowboys is also pretty intriguing because the Chargers are definitely going to be an up-and-coming team uh, in the league this year. But then week three, this is the national media's dream, Eagles versus Cowboys Monday Night Football. And uh, that will definitely be one to watch as well. But just your broad take on the Cowboys. First of all, are you a Dak guy? I mean, do you, what do you think of Dak Prescott? Because I'm off Dak. But I know that a lot of people are on him, and now all of a sudden with this big new contract, he's one of the highest-paid athletes uh, in the world. I think I read because of its front-loaded nature, I think Dak is the fourth-highest-paid athlete on planet Earth, which in itself is crazy. But where are you at with Dak? Where are you at with the Dallas Cowboys? Where am I not with the Dallas Cowboys? Do I really have to talk about them as a Giants fan? You're going to do that to me, brother? I don't know, man. My roots, my roots are being usurped by the moment this conversation takes place. The Cowboys. Let's talk about the Cowboys. Dallas is, again, they are an enigma unto themselves. When they're hot, they're hot, and when when they're not, they're not. Dak Prescott needs to show and prove, but part of that is I feel that they have not put all the pieces around him to make him be more successful offensively. the, the the first two games of the season, you know, I hope they go 0-2 personally. Uh, it's the only time I ever root for Tom Brady is when he plays against uh, against Dallas to win. It will be very interesting to see where they come back and how they bounce back. Um, Ezekiel Elliott, to me, I feel has lost a little bit of a step. There was, there was times last year he seemed kind of sluggish and bogged down, so we'll see if he's able to rebound, see what they can do from the tight end position. I feel like ever since Jason Witten uh, retired, let go, what have you, they have not found that identity back into that position. So to me, uh, with, the, with, the, with the financial baubles that he was given, it, it'd be time to see him put the team on his shoulders and, and make them progress further than where they have been in the last three seasons. Nuan is now on tonight ESPN Missoula. Regime Seabrook in studio with me, but I'm not in studio. I'm in Ogden, Utah. So if you're watching in on SWX Montana television, you can see Regime. But I'm sitting here at Stewart Stadium watching some of the best of the best around the Big Sky Conference in track and field. The uh, women's 100-meter uh, heats are going right now to qualify for the finals. And some pretty impressive times so far. That last heat did not contain any Montana athletes, so won't uh, waste too much time with those. Uh, but one, we want, do want to get to this real quick uh, before it's, it's no longer relevant because Montana softball... They won yesterday in their opener. They beat number uh, third-seeded Sacramento State in the uh, first round of the Big Sky Conference softball tournament to drop the Hornets in the loser's bracket. And then they lost yesterday, the Grizz did, to Southern Utah so, to then set up a loser-out game today against Northern Colorado. And they won that game 7-6. to six. So the Grizz remain alive in the Big Sky softball tournament. They are playing again at 5 o'clock this afternoon. And so we'll have more results for you probably later on in this show and certainly on Monday on Nuanas now. But I was able actually to... So the way this works, where I'm at in Ogden, 
I'm sitting at Stewart Stadium, which is the football stadium. You got the long jump and the high jump pit here too, and obviously the big track, but you don't have any of the field events. So all the throwing events are in a different facility about, oh, I don't know, it's probably two and a half miles from where I'm at on the other side of the D Special Events Center, the basketball arena. And then the softball stadium is tucked right in there as well. But it's not close enough really to walk, especially with all the equipment I have to have. So I've been driving around the Weber State campus today, which has been fun. But I was able to time it perfectly, leaving the track after watching Duncan Hamilton win the 3,000-meter steeplechase to go then catch the last two innings of the softball game and catch up with Melanie Michael, the head coach of the Grizz softball team. So quickly, just two minutes with Melanie Michael, Grizz softball head coach. First of all, just tell me about yesterday. Obviously, a tough draw against one of the best teams in the league, but then you guys hit the ball so well in the opening game. So, I mean, what what had you prepared for the opening round? I feel like what the year has compiled to, uh, the excitement, our players have just had such positive talk and excitement for the tournament, getting to the tournament, and then really whoever we're going to face, we're excited because we feel like we're in a good spot. It's tough in tournament play, right, because you have this great high, then you have to play two hours later, and then you guys lose, but then you have to come back. So, I mean, how do you get your players mentally prepared to kind of handle that because one loss doesn't mean you're done in a tournament like this. Absolutely. The double elimination, we just know it's really one game sitting in front of us. Um, And now we're in the one game uh, winner go home. And so it is the fight. They love playing together. This team is really uh, bonded and uh, are playing everything we can for our seniors and to continue our season on. Quick starts and, and both the wins. So was that a priority? Absolutely. Absolutely. We always talk about hit the gas pedal. And I'm really proud of the way that we are hitting the gas pedal and putting pressure on our opponents. Seems like you guys are hitting the ball pretty well across the board. So, I mean, is there anything to that or is it just stepping up at tournament time? Uh, stepping up at tournament time, we take a lot of pride in it. We practice it a lot and you know we left a few opportunities out there for us early in the game to really punch that through but continued to grind and put up big numbers uh, for Tristan Ockenbach. Megan McGrath seems like she's having a pretty good tournament so far. I mean, what, she have five straight hits to start the tournament, so hitting the ball pretty good. Oh, I, You know what? I'm glad that she's on our team and we don't face her because she is tough. She is tough. We'll be playing this on Nuanas now as you guys are about to take the field for the 5 o'clock game. So uh, how do you reset again? Fourth game in, in less than 24 hours here. Absolutely. Get, get them food. Get them some energy. Uh, get them a little bit of time out of the sun. And then pitch one. We'll be ready to go. So there you go, Melanie Michael from the Grizz softball team joining us on Nuanas now. 1029 ESPN Missoula. Statewide Television, SWX Montana TV. Regime Seabrook is in studio with me, Coulter Nuanas. I'm in Ogden, Utah. I'm sitting in the bird's eye, bird's nest up at uh, Stewart Stadium, sixth floor of the press box, looking out over the great track meet that's going on in front of us. We'll continue to update you with all the live results. We only got through one division of the NFL. That's how it always goes when we start talking NFL. So we're going to continue to do that. Got some big news out of Missoula as well. The... uh, Missoula Sentinel senior Dylan Rollins is heading to BYU. He is the Montana Gatorade Player of the Year. First offensive lineman in 10 years for Montana to win the Montana Gatorade Player of the Year. Huge honor for him, but more importantly, the first Sentinel Spartan to ever win the honor as well. So big deal for him and his family. So we'll talk a little bit about that. We'll talk about the Grizz new defensive tackle transfer. But more importantly, we're going to attack some hip-hop, and we're going to attack more NFL after this. So keep it right here. It's 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Nuana is now. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. Is now on ESPN Radio with special guest Raju Zebrook. Oh my God! Oh my God! 
makes me so happy. I know Regime wanted all things Wu-Tang all day, and this is not quite Wu-Tang. It's just Method Man, but still one of the great hype songs of all time. And Method Man, definitely my personal favorite member of the Wu-Tang Clan. Welcome back in. Nuana's now 1029 ESPN Missoula. If you're watching in statewide television, SWX Montana TV. If you are, you see a beautiful man in the studio. That's <laughs> you don't see me. That's because I'm about you. 550 miles away down in Ogden, Utah, home of the Weaver State Wildcats and also the epicenter of Big Sky Conference sports for this weekend. Big Sky Conference outdoor track and field championships are underway here at Stewart Stadium and across the Weaver State campus and the Big Sky Conference softball tournament also underway as well. We'll continue to give you real-time results as we continue to march on but last night regime we were we were chatting we were planning today's show and you were saying we gotta go all wu-tang all the time so take us back man i mean i am a little bit younger to really remember the full impact of wu-tang clan when they first hit the scene in the early 1990s but this is your wheelhouse right this is my wheelhouse but before i get into my wheelhouse i want to give a shout out to my homegirl maggie who is a real a real wu-tang banger like this girl loves Wu-Tang, this lady rather, uh, big Wu-Tang fan. But the thing about Wu-Tang, going back to that, is they were the first like big super rap group. Back back in the day, it was a DJ and an MC or just an MC. And if there was a group, they kind of, each, each person kind of flowed within. The thing about Wu-Tang was they brought together a calamity of styles and made it work. And when I grew up, I, I grew up with, you know, Big Daddy Kane, Eric B and Rakim, the Beastie Boys, Run DMC, Tribe Called Quest. But when Wu-Tang came out, it was, it was, it wasn't even game over. It was game over, new game. And, and to have so many different styles and variations within and to have it flow and not clash was, was, it's kind of like a football team. You know, everyone comes together and forms like Voltron, you know? You mentioned, you say... The first real true supergroup, but to me, there's not really even anybody like Wu Tang because we've seen groups that had you know three, four, five guys, NWA, you know Run DMC, whatever, but nobody that has eight, nine, ten members like Wu Tang. I mean, there's never been anything like this, right? I mean, and that's kind of been part of the story too—the strife between everybody because they've never been able to get along on who owes who what money, who's getting paid for what. The enterprise itself has been very lucrative, but I don't think these guys have made that much money individually off of it. I mean, relatively. But I mean, where, I mean, what's your perspective? Because there's really no one like them that's ever tried to do this before or after, really. Well, that's what makes them even special for the fact that there wasn't a precursor or an afterwards. Like that, that just cements their greatness unto themselves. And then when you look at who they are individually, like Method Man, Straight Fire, ODB, like the Clown Prince of Minstrels, um, you know, You God, Ghost. Like there's just each individual person just brings so much to the table. And when you put them together, it's like, you know, it's Baskin Robbins, 31 flavors put together. And uh, it's just, <laughs> they're just, they're different. And that's what I love about them. Who's your favorite guy that gets on the mic for Wu-Tang? Uh, it, you know, it depends on the day. It, uh, what I love about Wu is is the energy. You know, like it, it, you know, if, I, if I'm feeling grimy and just ready to head in down into the sewers, like I want to put Raekwon in my ears. If I'm feeling, you know, like I got a little thump in my chest, but I want to smile, I'll listen to some ODB. And if I just want to sit back and, and, and reminisce and, and have my mind drift off to where it needs to be, I listen to Meth or RZA. Method Man's my guy, but I also like me some ODB, too. So we're going to continue to, to bust out some sweet Wu-Tang because uh, I do think that it, it is fun talking all things music because I do think music and sports have such a great overlay, but also it's just so impactful for just the arc of society because I do think that the way that hip-hop and rap music came into the American uh, lexicon and, and into the American consciousness in the late 80s and early 1990s, I think it's among the most impactful and positive things in terms of teaching the country about things that were going on in certain parts of our country and i do think that it's important to continue to acknowledge because i do think it can be an educational experience going down the hip-hop uh road and, and learning from all the things that these guys had to say regardless if it's east coast west coast dirty south whatever it, it, a lot of it has more meaning than just fun party music right oh absolutely like it's it's not just a hook and a chorus if, if you look at hip-hop and its origins it was about the, it was a narrative it was a story it was an expression of self from a from from a group of people that were often muted in 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 different sectors and to have the ability to 
speak poetically or politically or mindfully or emotionally and the, under the guise and umbrella known as hip-hop or rap is beautiful. And uh, guys like you and me and, and, and people of our age, we were born into this whole new generation and to see how it's just infiltrated sports and, the, and to some degree fabric of society, it's, it's beautiful. And to see it be a positive thing and not negative as it was in its inception. Regis Seabrook joining me, Coulter Nuanez. Here on Nuanez Now, it's your favorite daily sports talk show, 1029 ESPN Missoula, statewide television, SWX Montana TV. You can also hit us up on YouTube. Please go subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're enjoying building that up. Tommy's got some cool graphics and uh, some ticker stuff on there, so you can always know who's on the show with you, and uh, it's just a great way to follow along as well. So please go check out our YouTube channel uh, as well. Let's talk a little high school football. It's our prep extra presented by Farmer State Bank. Yesterday, I know it's not high school football season, not even close to it, but an awesome award for a kid that's a local hometown kid. Dylan Rollins from Missoula Sentinel wins the Montana Gatorade Player of the Year Award. A couple statistics that go along with this. The six foot five, 285-pound offensive lineman. He's headed to BYU. He helped lead Sentinel to their first Class AA state football championship uh, in 48 years last yeah. fall. He also is the first... Montana Gatorade Player of the Year uh, to win the award as an offensive lineman since 2011. Caleb Kidder, former Helena Capital and Montana Grizz standout, the last O-lineman to win the Montana Gatorade Player of the Year. And finally, and perhaps the most impactful historical part of this, the first ever Sentinel Spartan to win the Montana Gatorade Player of the Year. And Regime, I know you've worked with Sentinel football here the last couple of years. Uh, but this kid, he's obviously a very talented kid. He's got a phenomenal build. He comes from uh, great genetics because I know his dad, Josh, was a player for the Montana State Bobcats Monster. back in the day as well. But this kid's also an incredibly hardworking guy. I mean, he, he's, he's got his – he keeps his nose clean. He gets perfect grades. He, he's a great example of a student athlete. Yeah, like I – <laughs> I've, uh, I've been around this kid for the last three years of his life. An honor and a pleasure being around both him and his family. And uh, I will talk about just Dylan, the young man, let alone the football player. This, this kid is headed somewhere, Coulter. This, this man is smart. He's affable. Um, he's kind. He's gentle. And then when he puts on that football helmet, it's, it's a different kid. Um, he is so deserving of all the accolades and, and awards that he has earned that were not given to him. That boy earned every last uh, 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 thing he's received. Um, wonderful, wonderful team leader. Uh, will do anything for his team. Uh, lay himself out, sacrifice, give something up so someone else can gain. And to do that and to and to run all those awards as an offensive lineman says a lot, especially with all the, you know, great quarterbacks and receivers and running backs and tight ends we have in the state. Great kid, moving on to greatness. BYU is blessed, lucky, and fortunate to have such a talented, affable, highly likable young man. I grew up, I grew up in Missoula. I know you've lived in Missoula for a while, but I've grown up in Missoula, and I know that it's uh, Missoula is a great sports town. But I've always found it so interesting that. There's been this dynamic where a lot of the great athletes from Missoula, especially boys athletes, are the basketball guys. And they've been Division I basketball recruits coming out of Missoula for quite some time, whether it was Eric Ankle, Jordan Haskett, and Jack McGillis you know, 15 years ago when I was in high school, or now lately Raleigh Wooster and guys like that. But it seems like it's been sort of a hoops hotbed more than a football hotbed. There's obviously been a tremendous amount of guys from Missoula high schools that have gone on to play for the Grizz and a lot of times the Bobcats too. But to my knowledge... This is the first guy from Missoula in at least a generation, probably since I moved to Missoula, I'd say 25 years, that is from Missoula that's going to play FBS football. There's been a lot of guys from Montana that have gone and played FBS football, but not Missoula. So, I mean, what do you think of this sort of uh, trailblazing regime? Because I guess, first of all, have you ever thought about why is there not more guys from Missoula specifically that can go on and play in the Mountain West or the Pac-12? But then secondly, do you think this is Dylan sort of showing the way, showing, showing the path? Uh, for how you get there. Well, I'll answer I'll answer that in like four different ways. He is going to literally pave the way as a guard or as a tackle or as a center uh, 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 for BYU. And what I like about that is it, it allows Montana to get put on a map. I, I feel the reason why a lot of uh, Montana kids, regardless of sport, boys and girls that don't get the shine that they need and deserve is sometimes due to location. Um, we, we don't have a big media market that helps promote our children. Um, so I think that's a big detriment. I, a lot of people aren't saying, hey, let's go to Montana and scout people, especially with the disparity of miles between towns. Like you want to you want to see one kid and then you have to travel an additional 800 miles to go see one other kid in the state. So it makes it 
less appealing for scouts to want to come here just due to this, you know, the, the geographic location. For me, there are outstanding, outstanding athletes here, volleyball players, softball players, golfers, football players, that they need the shine. And I wish that we collectively in Montana could find some way, Coulter, to get more kids out there because the Wake Forests, the Dukes, the Harvards, the Columbias, the USC's of the world, you guys, you guys are skipping over a state that is chock full of just amazing athletes. And if they can do this in cold weather, imagine what they can do in warm weather. So come to Montana, watch these kids. And then going back to Dylan, I hope that this opens the door for other you know, major universities to come and scout and check Montana out. There are so many kids here that are willing and deserving of that opportunity. Um, but just sometimes due to geographic location, just don't get the shine they deserve. It is a fascinating dynamic, too, because on one hand, uh, it is sort of unfortunate that there's not a, a bigger spotlight because I do think there are opportunities out there, particularly because not only are the Montana kids, oftentimes they're multi-sport athletes, so they're, they're really raw, so they have a chance to really blossom after they leave uh, the high school ranks. But also, Montana schools are really good. I mean, on a national level, stacking up state by state, it's definitely top third when you're talking about high school education in the state of Montana because people want to live in Montana, so there's good teachers, and that means there's good coaches. And so I think that a lot of kids could, uh, they could achieve at a high academic rate uh, in places, you know, like a Stanford, or like you're an Ivy League guy, like in the Ivy League, I definitely think they could. But on the flip side of that, I think that the fact that there has been low exposure for Montana athletes mm-hmm. is one of the reasons why Montana and Montana State are so good at almost everything. And it's also one of the reasons why the Frontier Conference is one of, if not the premier conferences and then NAIA as well. So it does trickle downhill. I do think that, you know, if there was more exposure with a guy like Troy Anderson at Montana State, is he going to be actually at Montana State? No way. Is a guy like Gabe Solcer for the Grizz going to be with the Grizz if he had more exposure? No way. He's going to be at Washington or Washington State or Cal or whatever. So I do think there's a double-edged sword here. Oh, absolutely. And it, it just, it just I think, works to the chagrin of the Montana athlete. However, those that go on to do great things outside of the state, there's always this welcoming back. I, uh, I liken it to guys like Chase Reynolds. Um, you, you, you put shine on Montana, you come back to Montana, you build Montana kids up, and then you coach them to try to get back to that next level. So Montana has this great way of producing Montanans unto themselves. Um, I just hope, again, going back to your question about Dylan, I just hope he continues to pave the way, not only for his new team, but for the great state of the 406, for, for, for all the youngins that are up and coming and behind him now going forward. Well, congratulations to Dylan Rollins. It is a huge award. It is very cool for him. He told a great story on the news the other night. Uh, we're going to catch up with Dylan, by the way. He's going to come swing by. Uh, tease for next week. We are going to reinitiate. What was a fun uh, and also sort of necessary series last year, We, if you remember right, if you're a loyal listener, we did our senior spotlight interview series last year where we highlighted five of the best men and five of the best women athletes, high school athletes in the state of Montana. And mostly the storylines were gravitating around kids that got their seasons cut short because of COVID, like Lauren Hagan, the outstanding triple jumper from Sentinel who did not get a chance to chase the all-class triple jump record because uh, track season got called off, people like that. Well, now, we're just going to continue to highlight some of the best and the best of Montana. It's not going to be about canceled seasons as much as accomplishments, but Dylan Rollins is going to be a part of our Senior Spotlight Series, so we'll catch up with him before he heads on down to Provo. But congratulations to him and his family. Uh, his dad, Josh, has become a good friend of mine, and, and uh, I know Josh is very, very proud of Dylan, and Dylan told the story of uh, his dad waking him up for school the other day by pouring a little bit of Gatorade on his face. And Dylan was like, why are you pouring Gatorade on me, Pops? And he said, oh, why would I be pouring Gatorade on you, Dylan? It's because you, you are the Gatorade Player of the Year. So I thought that was a, a cool and fun story. So uh, congratulations to the Rollins family because they're good people, and I'm, uh, I'm sure Josh is very proud of his son as well. Nuan is now 1029 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana Television. The Grizz football team, they got a big transfer, and I don't just mean big in terms of prestige. He's also big in terms of size. And he might be able to shore up that interior defensive line at Montana. Yes. More on that after this. After a long couple of months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual. But it's not the usual at all. At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines, like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting, to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's Wingate. 
FM radio with special guest, Raju Zebrook. Funny and fun saying that since I'm sitting in Utah, but it is a great day, a really hot day down here in Ogden, but it's great to be hot. It's great to be putting on sunscreen and covering a great event and uh, being outside and seeing all the great people here at the Big Sky Conference as well as at Weber State. They've been great hosts so far. I'm sitting here right on the 50-yard line, Stewart Stadium, 6-4 of the press box at Weber State's football stadium. And it's not a football stadium today. It's a track stadium right now, and the men's 800-meter prelims is taking place right in front of me so we'll keep you up to date from all the action here at the big sky conference outdoor track and field championships the softball championships are just on the other side of campus as well and the grizz softball team about 10 minutes away from uh kicking off their loser out game to see if they can stay alive and what a finish in the men's 800 meters uh weaver state athlete comes all the way from the back bronson winner he's already been a silver medalist in the men's 3,000 meter steeplechase, and he sprints his way to victory in his heat in the men's 800 meters. One minute, 50 seconds, of 50 at .57 seconds, the official time. Regime Seabrook, he's back in the studio. So if you're watching on TV on SWX Montana TV, you see that handsome man back there. <laughs> and I'm here. I'm on the road. I'm in Ogden, Utah. So it's fun to be back. Iwana is now 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Regime, remind me, did you get a chance to catch the Grizz football game against Portland State? Yeah, the 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 uh, shellacking, the the, <laughs> the the shellacking is right. Yes, I did. What about it? Well, I was th- I was just wondering. So my wish list for the Grizz after watching that game, I thought the Grizz looked really good. I thought their offensive line was improved, not elite yet. But I thought they were elite at receiver. I thought they looked great defensively, especially in the front seven and on the back end. To be honest. But I thought to myself, the things I think that this team needs to be a true, true top national t- championship contender, because I do think they're a top 10 team, maybe even a top 6 team, but the, the things I thought that they needed to really uh, solidify and make them uh, almost a team with no holes were, number one, a fast running back, because Marcus Knight's supposed to fill that role, but he had a torn ACL, so he'll be out until late into the fall next year. But they did take care of that by getting this Isaiah Banks kid, a transfer from Akron, former three-star guy. I thought they needed another ex, another edge player. Who doesn't? I think everybody needs as many edges as you can get. Agreed. The Grizz are just one short in terms of a true pass rusher. That guy has not come about yet, but I do think they have guys in the program that maybe could develop into that. And then I thought they needed a big hog molly. I thought they needed one more physical defensive tackle. And that was accentuated then when Braden and Bryson Deming transferred leaving then a, 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 the, the twin brothers, one play tight end, one play defensive line, but that was another open body. But the Grizz took care of the running back with the Akron transfer, and then yesterday they took care of the interior guy by getting Deary Todd. Deary Todd is a six foot two, 275-pound defensive lineman who comes to Montana from Michigan State. And so this guy was a four-star guy coming out of high school. Uh, he had originally committed to Boston College before flipping to Michigan State. He didn't play much at Michigan State, but he does have the size and the pedigree and appears to be an impact player. So I know you probably don't know much about this specific guy, Reggie, but what do you think of this about the addition of another interior defensive lineman to what looked like a pretty salty Grizz defense to begin with? First of all, I was jazzed because I am a Michigan State guy. My dad played there. Like, I, I love Michigan State football. So, like, when I, when I read and heard about this, like, my heart skipped a beat. Um, I, I, I love love this transfer. What I love about this transfer is he's going to come with an edge, especially after not playing last year. He's going to come with an edge, a chip on his shoulder. He also brings a different type of experience and exposure paying from, you know, going from the Big Ten now to the Big Sky that may rub off on his on other teammates in some degree the coaches as well big Ten's a great conference it's one of the power fives and he brings he that adds to the grizzly uh to the grizzly football team so for me i am jazzed that this guy that this young man is going to be playing uh for the grizz and will be playing with something to prove at the same time transfers when they come from the power five into the big sky conference or into the fcs for that matter uh, oftentimes polarizing because obviously they have great talent but there's always question marks of why they're leaving their program. It could be anything from playing time to injuries to coaching changes to everywhere in between. 
But uh, regardless, I do think there's a specific uh, acclimation point because I've seen it many times. I don't know if it's as prevalent as it used to be, but I remember first go-round of the Bobby Houck era when I was in school when guys would come from Power 5 schools, these dudes either came to campus thinking they were going to be the star of the world and they were going to dominate the big sky and they were humbled right away and if they accepted being humbled right away, then they came up, went on to become great players. Guys like Craig Chambers and Eric Allen and and uh, guys like that, I mean, Justin Green, those guys were all uh, guys that came from, from higher ranks and, and were really standout players at Montana. I also saw guys that came in with that attitude and they refused to be humbled. They thought they were going to be, you know, hot stuff and were didn't want to put the work in. And those type of guys, I think, play them out really fast. There was guys like Tab Perry, who was a receiver from UCLA, who never got a sniff for Bobby Huck. Uh, Roddy Rodimer was a guy from, a former five-star guy from Notre Dame, never could sniff it. So, from a, just an intangibles perspective, regime, obviously, if you have the talent to go play in the Big Ten, you have talent. But how important do you think it is for these guys to sort of buy in and also realize that even if you are coming from the Big Ten or the Big Sky, it's not that much of a drop down. You have to still work your butt off and you still have to bring it every day else you're going to get eaten alive. Agreed. I think the one caveat with this guy that, that I actually admire more than the athletic uh, achievements this is a three-time All-American all academic. So this young man is about taking care of business in the classroom as well as on the gridiron. And for me, when, uh, when, 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 when athletes are paying that much attention to detail to academics, it's a, it, it's a good foreshadow and sometimes a good indicator as to where they are and where they're not in life. And if this guy is taking care of business in the classroom, he will take care of it on the, on the field. And I also think that with Bobby being back in his second tenure with the Grizz, um, He's looking at transfers and bringing them in much differently than I think he did in his first his first tenure. So I feel a little bit more safe and secure um, with with this young man coming to school, considering what Bobby is trying to bring back to the university and the football team in particular. And then again, just I like the academic backup that this man has. His acumen is 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 pretty high in the classroom, so that says a lot as well. So we'll see, man. My 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 heart just because of my Michigan State ties are 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 totally vested in this. Um, but I hope that it, I hope that it all it works out not only for this young man but this community, the team, and the university overall. Nuanez now one hundred two nine ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana Television Regime Seabrook is in studio with me, Colter Nuanez. But I'm not in studio. I'm in Ogden, Utah, broadcasting live from Stewart Stadium. We'll have full recaps and keep you up to date with everything that's happening here at the epicenter of the Big Sky Conference both of the Big Sky Conference Outdoor Track and Field Championships and the Big Sky Conference Softball Tournament as well. Hour one in the books, hour two coming at you. We're going to talk about Reggie Bush's USC teams, comparing and contrasting those early 2000s USC teams with the early 2000s Miami Hurricanes. Who did it better? Who had a bigger impact on society, culture, and college football? We're also going to hear from Carla Nicosia. She's a Montana State athlete, the favorite in the women's triple jump, and... Uh, one of the competitors that has to wait till tomorrow. She doesn't go until Saturday, so that'll be our last of our Big Sky Conference Outdoor Track and Field Championships uh, interview series for this week at least. So we'll hear from her in hour number two as well. Keep it right here. It's 1029 ESPN Missoula. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 